Whatever he promises will come to pass. Amen. You have his assurance sworn in his blood, an oath and a promise. You got two things backing up, everything that you believe in God. Amen. So he's not a man that he should lie. Amen. Nor us that he should change his mind about things. Whatever he does lasts forever. So we have served a great God. He is worthy of praise. Anybody can do all of that. They're worthy of praise. Amen. Amen. There's none that can compare with our great God. Amen. We exalt him in this place. Amen. We lift him up. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus, and we praise your holy name. We magnify you. Thank you, Lord. We lift you up on high. Thank you, Jesus. We praise your holy name. There is none like you. There's none like you. Never will be another like you, Father. That you are everything. You are the great and almighty God. You reign supreme over all the earth. Lord, heaven and earth and under the earth. You reign supreme. We thank you that you have given us your son. As our healer and our redeemer. The one true and living God dwells within us. We invite you in, Holy Spirit. Do what you will among the people of God today. We are your people We're looking for you as our help. No other help do we know. So we thank you, Lord, today. We bless you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Well, God is good and his mercy endures forever. It's everlasting. Amen. His mercy lasts forever. Amen. The Bible says those who give mercy shall obtain mercy. Amen. So let's be merciful people. To one another, to strangers, to everybody that we know and everybody that we meet, let us always show mercy and God will certainly be on our side. Amen. He will always be on our side. So praise God. I thought we'd talk some today about the word and uh, how important it is and how to effectively use the word uh, for things that, that God has us, has planned for us. You know, if you make your own plans it may not work for you so well but the things that god has planned for us and then he's very liberal in what he plans for us he's not restricting us to not be able to hope or to dream or to expect but certainly he knows what's good for us this is a life that he ordained we didn't think this up this is his his life that he's given us and so i thought we'd talk about the fact that the word accomplishes everything amen the word, you, that word of God accomplishes everything. There is nothing that the word of God cannot produce, cannot fix, cannot repair, cannot bring into manifestation, cannot accomplish. <clears throat> and so we need to understand how very important it is that we honor, cherish, and really use God's word the way he intended us to use it. So Isaiah 55, if you'll turn there, this was one of my favorite scriptures early in my walk with God. This was before I was in a church or could, could, you know, focus very long on, on the word or anything that was important. But God began to speak to me and heal me through his word. And he says here, let verse seven uh, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts amen and let him return to the lord and he will have mercy on him and to our god for he will abundantly pardon 
So that's God's great mercy. He says this, he says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down or rain and snow come down from heaven and don't turn around and go back up. Got me. So this is something, you know, sometimes we read these things and, and we you skip over them or we gloss over them. Well, I read that before. I know this scripture. But do you really think about what you just read? Because what God is saying, you know that term right as rain? You're as right as rain? That means that rain has a certain ability with it that is so certain it can't be doubted. Like rain will cause things to grow. Rain will make you wet if you get out there in it. Rain cannot be stopped usually. I mean, you could supernaturally take authority if, if it's really interfering with your life or it gets excessive. But it's so, it's such a, a frequent common commodity, you can kind of depend on it. You can depend on rain to show up when it's time for rain and you, you can look at clouds and know what's coming. Amen. You can know what, what it's going to produce. You know the function of rain. It's just, it's just a certain thing. It's certain. It's sure. It's properties can never be doubted. It's effect on the earth can never be doubted. It has the same effect all the time. And God is saying that's the way my word is. He said, just like you can predict that when rain starts to fall, it's going to hit the ground and it won't turn around and go back up to heaven. The snow either. It's going to come down and hit the ground and it's, and it, it'll do its job. It'll eventually, now you might have, uh, swirls of snow where it blows here and there, but once it lands, it's going to land on the ground. Once it lands on the ground, it's going to water the soil that's there. It's going to give life to the seed and make it bud. I mean, it's such a sure thing. It's not even, you take it for granted. In other words, same thing with God's word. He said, my word is such a sure thing, you can almost take it for granted. You think about the, the things that we do, we get up every day. Why? Because the word of God sustains us. The Bible says, I laid me down and got me up because your word sustained me. Your word sustains my life. Sometimes we're not even aware of the working of the word. In our situations, it's just so automatic. When God, when, when we were born, the breath of life came into us. Amen. We became a living soul from that day forward. Your heart began to beat and it ain't missed a beat yet. That's his word does that. See, just, it's just that certain. So the same word that you're trying to get to work for you and get your bills paid and get everything that you need that you're aware of. It's the same word that God spoke to to bring you into the earth, to bring life into you. And you're still living. You still, you know, the human body is made up. You you ever see little uh, kids get mad at mommy and hold their breath? But eventually what do they do? Yeah, they got to (laughs) have, you can't even suffocate yourself. Huh? (laughs) You can't. 
Amen. Because the human body is made. You know, if you when you hold your breath, you build up carbon dioxide in your bloodstream. And that's what triggers you to breathe. So you're really helping yourself to breathe by holding your breath, you know, whether you know it or not. Stupid. Huh? And see, God takes care of us like that. We don't even know how it happens or functions or anything, but he's just, just doing stuff to negate God's plan and it's working just the same anyhow. Amen. He is bringing life. He is bringing health and wholeness to us at all times. So he says, he says, just as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven doesn't return back up, but waters the earth, makes it bring forth bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. See, rain did all that. It brought seed to the sower and bread to the eater. How does rain know who's a sower and who's an eater? Certain things we don't know about God's word either. Sometimes think we, <laughs> I'm done, I quit, I'm a girl. It ain't working. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. He says, but so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. All of the Bible has proceeded from the mouth of God. Okay. The Bible says holy men of God wrote as they were breathed upon by the Holy Ghost. So these words come from God. All of them. They're inspired words. They're God breathed words. Just like God breathed the earth into being. He also has breathed his word into being. He says, it will not return empty. It will not return without accomplishing what it's supposed to accomplish. Oh, wait a minute. You mean God's word goes places. He sends it out. And what does the Bible say? It returns to him. With what? With a report. Huh? God's word must report back to God. And he says, it won't come back to me and report that it couldn't do what I sent it to do. He says, it will accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be let forth with peace. The mountains and hills shall break forth before you into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. In other words, you can use God's word that won't return without accomplishing to have good things instead of bad things come happen in your life. See, instead of the thorns will come up the fir tree instead of the briar, the myrtle tree. And so shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. So this performance of his word is an everlasting sign that will never be cut off and will never be diminished. So what does that mean for us who who are trusting God or have a covenant with God? Well, your covenant is based on his word humanity we live by words words are precious right now uh, you know it's been a a fact of social uh, interaction in this this land and, and I'm sure across many places in the earth for quite a while 
where words, we're, we're having a great war of words now, where this term political correctness is something that people have uh, uh, picked up. And really what it means is that these people understand the power of words and they want to capture that power and use it for themselves. See, while, while we as, as the body of Christ and quote unquote word people were learning the word, well, the enemy can hear it too. And so he uses, tries to use our own revelation, knowledge, and understanding of the word. You know, like in the faith movement, we had people, we used to call them the confession police. You know, you can't say how you really think or how you really feel instead of certain people because they're going to correct you because they're the confession police. You know what I'm saying? And so one of the things that the body of Christ is called to do is to build up one another. Amen. So if I've been praying with Nola for her, her children to serve God and she says, oh boy, I just can't stand this. I don't know how long, long, ain't nobody doing right. I said, we're in agreement now. Pull yourself back in to your faith. That's different than policing people and tell them you can't say this and then they accuse you of being something. See, the police lay a charge against you when you violate their law. In God's kingdom, there's no charge against you. You got me? We just help each other. Huh? If, if I'm standing for my marriage and it's getting a little rocky, huh, on the home front, I might come in here looking a little crazy and threatening to do all kind of stuff. Right, Jan? <laughs> Jan must be here to remind me of my old days or something. But, <laughs> you know that's the truth. And whether she, she was faithful, she pulled me back. Now, Bob, wait a minute now. We You know what I'm saying? Pull you right back in to your confession. Thank God she did it. My husband was saved. You understand what I'm saying? But we was walking a thin line for a while there. Huh? So y'all know what I'm talking about. That's right. You did, uh, Jazz. You didn't want to see us split up. She couldn't decide who she was going to be friends with if we did, I guess. <laughs> I thank God for that. But see, there's a difference. See, if, if you, if you use a word I don't approve of, I can't accuse you of being a bad person because you do it. As a Christian, what I want to do is rescue you from yourself and salvage whatever it is that we have agreed in prayer on that's going to come into your life. Because I know it's not going to happen if you teeter over into the edge of unbelief or if your faith begins to waver to the point that you really do lose heart, amen, and give up on what we've agreed on. And so when we do those things, we're helping one another, but see, the world picks it up, and they do what the world does. They try to control you. They try to control speech. They try to control and make you think like they think. And that's not what what's happening with Christians, amen. Now some crazy religious people out here think they're called to tell everybody how to live. You know what I'm saying? They're really worldly people. They just have a religious garb on them. But that mindset is not of Christ. See, that mindset is of the world. And so we, the big difference between us 
is that when we correct one another and pull one another back into faith in God's word, we build one another up. And there's no condemnation. There's no uh, criticism. There's no pointing the finger. Uh, what kind of Christian are you? And, you know, you're a this and you're a that because you talk that way. We don't do that in God's kingdom. Amen. And And so get an understanding of that because there are people that, get offended by correction left and right. I mean, everybody's offended by correction. But then once you let it sink in, if you put yourself aside and let that sink in, your spirit is, man, is very glad he's back on the right track in your life. Amen. So you can get somewhere and you can have hope and you can keep it moving in the right direction. So understand, the enemy will make a copy of everything that that the people of God have been given uh, to build them up and to use. But God says his word he sends out and it has to come back to him and give a report. So what is the word that you're believing? What's the report going to be of the word that you're believing God to bring to pass in your life? So it's up to you what report it brings back. So Mark eleven twenty three tells us some other things about the word and its power. It starts out by telling us to have faith in God. In other words, you don't have to have faith in yourself. Take your faith out of yourself. Sometimes we get up and we feel like mighty, mighty people of God. You know, you feel we live by feelings a little too much to have faith in ourselves. So here, uh, Jesus cursed this fig tree. Verse 20, in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said to him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. Jesus said, have faith in God. In other words, I I uttered the words, but it's God who will do the, who has the power to bring it to pass. And so he says, for truly I say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain so this is for anybody be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart that is the big issue you can say what you want to but if you doubt it in your heart it will not happen so what do you do to keep faith in your heart you meditate on the word you can't meditate on what you see You can't meditate on what you hear and you can't meditate on what you feel. You must meditate solely on the word. It says, truly, I say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that it's going to happen. It'll happen. Now, you can believe the word, but doubt certain things will happen. It's real easy, do we do it all the time? We sit here, we share the word with one another. Ooh, that word sounds good. Oh yeah, I like that scripture. Oh, that's one of my favorite scriptures. Yeah, I'm standing on that one. And then when when things don't happen in a certain amount of time, you get depressed, you want to walk away. You see, you have you have you have just heard the word, but you don't believe it's gonna come to pass. Got me? Too long, too many years. Uh, you know, brother so-and-so just preached a sermon on if it don't happen and you know, all that crazy stuff. 
And so what happens is you can have confidence in the word because it sounds good to our ears. We like the word. But do you believe it's going to happen for you? So you got to believe it all. That's why sometimes things don't change. We put ourselves in it too much. So that word and it coming to pass is not God's responsibility. We become too responsible for it happening. Huh? There have been people throughout the ages who have had simple, a simple relationship with God and seen miracle after miracle after miracle just because they believed God would do it. They took themselves totally out of it. God, you said, God, this is what you want for me. God, you're going to do this. God, you put everything on him because he's the only one who can bring it to pass. See, you can believe it. You can confess. You can do it, but you can't make it happen. But you must believe that it will happen because God is going to do it. Amen. You can't believe all your confess. You're relying on your confessing 10 times a day to make it happen. You're doing this and you're doing that to make it happen. It will not happen. But that's why Jesus began with saying, have faith in God. The disciples looked at him like he was moving everything. But we know everything Jesus did, he did by the power of the Father. Amen. He was under the Father's authority. So he says, whosoever shall say and not doubt in his heart, but believe that it will come to pass, he will have what he says. And you must believe that you receive it when you pray. Once you pray, you've got to believe you got it already, no matter how long it takes to materialize. Amen. And so that's the way God's covenant works. It works the same as you do. It does with people that that you love and you care about. If you tell your children that that you're going to do something for them, you expect them to believe. Why? Because you're going to do it. You're, you're not playing with them. And so it's the same thing with God. When you deal with people in faith and confidence and truth, you believe what they say. And so that's what God is saying. You can have that kind of trust in his word. He says, therefore, I say what things soever that you desire. You have to want these things. I mean, you personally, you got to want them in your heart. You can't go around confessing for things you don't want. Huh? Some people don't want to be married. But they get around Christians and they feel like they have to. They never talked to God about it. Never found out what God's plan was for them. They just get a generic word and want to see it work. Well, if there's doubt in your heart about whether or not you really want to be committed to somebody, whether you want to be connected with somebody, to say nothing of being loved, which everybody wants. See, if if we operate, I think, more on the basis of love in all things and forget about, you know, all the other little stuff, the little nitpicky stuff, then doesn't the Bible tell us the greatest of these is love? Love will kind of wipe out all that other little stupid stuff. 
Not that you shouldn't do it. And not that you shouldn't be considering responsibility. You gotta consider, um, yielding to somebody else when you wanna, wanna do things your own way all the time. Whatever that means to people. I don't even know what that means. Huh? You know, these are concepts that are kinda, don't really have much substance to them when you think about them. They don't really mean much. But love is everything. But see, many times that seldom comes into the picture when we think about relationships because we worried about what it's going to cause us. Yeah, it's going to cost you. Anything of value is going to cost you. So you got to quit wrestling with that and realize one day, yeah, it's going to cost me but I think I'm going to go that way. I think I like love. I think I like loving people. I think I like having people that call me and ask me, can they bring me something nice home? And I don't know what planet y'all live on to have a husband. Well, you know what I'm talking about. Let me, let me put the gun away, okay? Put the gun away. Huh? <laughs> you know, it depends on what kind of... Where you, where you put the, the, the request before God? Huh? I went for the big guns. I didn't care about moonlight dinners. You know, we had that when we were younger. When you get older, you want something that, you know, if times get hard, you can go to the pawn shop with it and get you about 15,000. <laughs> Your needs grow when you get older. Huh? Whatever. I mean, come on, y'all. It's just, that's life. It's life. It's good for that brother to have a challenge before him at all times. Some of y'all scared to say anything. <laughs> you can't treat your husband like you do your kids, your sons, you know, them. I mean, you love them boys and you make them straighten up too, but the husband, that's on a totally different plane. Poppy said, yes, right, Poppy. Back me up now. He backing me up. That's what I'm talking about. Unsolicited back up. Huh? Yeah, that brother, he got a lot on him. He got to live as an example for them boys y'all raising and the girls. He got to, you know, that's a challenge right there. He got to come home with it. I didn't even want to go here today. I was talking about the word. That's why when you, when you start desiring things from God, get your desires out the word. Don't get them from your friends and your neighbors that you, you see, you see them cut up most of the time. I want to be married. Look at what they go through. Ooh, I'm so glad I don't have no man trying to tell me what you did. I'm glad you don't have one either. I'm glad for him. Woo! Lord. Okay, let me get to the word. Get your husband out the Bible. Hey. Woo! 
Now, I like them prophetic guys. I like me some Daniel, and I like me some people that think, you know, Elijah and Parting Waters, and yay, hey, come on home and get some chicken when you can. If you don't quit working for God, but come on home, it's ready for you when you get here. you got to keep the doubt out of your heart that's what you got to do you, that's your warfare you know you, you can can let it you know i think the best thing is not to be mindful of certain things you got me when when it gets your attention that's when your faith can get tangled up in it so just not to be mindful of certain things you know god i thank you that my husband is on the way amen and I'm going to start cleaning up around here. I promise you. <laughs> Put my hand on my Bible. Whoops. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to get it real tidy up in here. Huh? Right. Who can I call to help me? Because this is... It's a two-woman job. It's a two-woman job up here. It's deep up in here. Yeah, so anyway, huh? Start doing something toward it, like you really, you know, put your hands to your your faith. Amen. Faith without works is dead. You start giving us some help with what you do. Get it in the action area and get it out of the mental area. Amen. And it, that'll help you to stay in faith. Right. I remember when I was in a recovery group for people who were, had emotional problems. And they would tell you, we don't, we don't run this meeting and let people talk about how they feel. They say, it's not how you feel, it's how you function. Huh? See, you can function way beyond feelings. If you don't let feelings distract you from functioning, got me? It's the same thing. That's how our faith operates. People can get up and, and, and do almost anything if they just start somewhere with their faith and keep it in an action thing and get it out your head. Cause see, your head is telling you 24 seven that ain't gonna work. Where you think you're going with that? That a, you mean to tell me you can you can get up and and go by and set a uh, extra place at your table? Yeah. <laughs> of course, that's assuming y'all ain't eating out of the McDonald's bags, still. You? <laughs> go get you a table. They ain't expensive, and go get you some real plates. And real silverware. And napkins. And quit unrolling them paper towels. They make napkins for that job. Seriously. And my personal peeve is blowing your nose with toilet paper. They make Kleenex for that. They pop up out of a box for you. Oh, now you ain't gonna invite no brother that you try to get. You gonna try to get a whole carrot out of him, and you got. Come on now. Uh, 
I know y'all get deep in worship. You get home and get that tambourine. <laughs> Bring it on down. Bring it on down. You better get off them ghetto habits because you, you want them. You're going to get one of the prison reform brothers in there. He's he going to be your project. Oh, now. Got to know how to attract the right thing. Just saying, okay? I ain't. Just saying. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm trying to move off of there. If I could get. Oh, Lord. Okay, Psalm 93. Let us go there. Let us visit the word. Ninety three. Verse five. Thy testimonies are very sure. God's word is very sure. Not just sure with a qualifier, but it's very sure. Holiness becomes your house, O Lord, forever. Amen. So if we're going to get, if this is going to work for us, we've got to live with Jesus as our righteous one. Amen. Holiness is what we need to preserve in our lives. And that isn't what you don't do, but it's who you yield to. Amen. You yield to the Lord in all things and God will take care of everything that concerns you. Keeping your heart pure is probably the most important job and in keeping short accounts with God, you do things to offend him and, and you go correct that thing as soon as possible. Don't sit up and argue about, well, I only did it cause so and so. You understand what I'm saying? We own your stuff and then Confess it and put it out there and let God handle it. He can't handle it until you confess it. But his word is very sure. And holiness is what holds the house of God together. We're not carnal people. We're not heathens. We're not, you know, people who cheat on each other and and deceive each other. We are holy people. God has called us to be that. God's word, once it is spoken will prosper where it's sent. That word, when you meditate on it, it's sent into your heart. Amen? Psalm 111.7, the works of your hands are truth and judgment. All your commandments are sure. So every word of God will definitely come to pass. There's no word of God that's qualified where it might happen, it might not happen. If it's believed, it'll happen. Once its word is sent somewhere, that is the word of God going forth out of our mouths, it will prosper if it is believed. When we put our faith in God's word, we pick up his faith. So you're no longer working out of your measure of faith, but you're working out of a righteous faith, the faith of the son of God. Now, the Bible says against righteousness, there is no law. So as long as you're believing God's word and holding on to God's word, there's nothing that can hinder it from coming into pass. Amen. Because there's no law against righteousness. 
unrighteousness, God doesn't have to hear you if you regard sin in your heart. If you step far away from God, you'll find yourself you don't want to, your faith isn't working. Because you barely are holding on to, to believing for certain things. That's unrighteousness. That's not you need to get in the word more. And that's not you're not confessing the word enough and that's why you don't believe it. It's because there's something blocking you receiving the word of God and carrying it in, in your heart. You'll notice that if you, if you get angry at somebody and you refuse to get over it, you know, you don't know how to drop it and go back to God. God, I'm still feeling like mad at this person. Can you help me? You know what I'm saying? I mean, just because that's your goal. You want to get unmad at everybody. You want to love everybody. So you go back to God and say, God, this still ain't right. I still ain't feeling right about this. Can you help me? Not can you make them stop? Because no, he can't. Because he's letting them cut up so you can see you ain't all that. You got me? What you going to do about that test? Huh? So you might as well just throw in a little towel and say, God, please help me. Something ain't right in here. I, I ain't as cool about this as I think I am. But you'll realize for yourself, if you confess before God, you feel so much lighter you feel more peace, you feel more joy, and you feel like you can have anything in the world that your heart desires. That's faith. Faith works by love. It works no other way. You know, we all get angry at people. Sometimes you're praying for people and you see them sick. <laughs> Did we just pray about this? <laughs> you know, then you realize, hey, it might be my turn one day. You understand what I'm saying? So let me chill out here and just keep doing what I'm supposed to do. So we pick up his faith. It's a righteous faith. It cannot be stopped. That's why it's it's best to continue to believe the word of God. Even if you think it's too old, you too old for it to come to pass or it don't apply to you or whatever. Just believe it anyway. You don't have to personally want everything you, you're praying for and you believe for, though you should. But it's just good to, to believe the word of God. It helps to build your faith for other things. You have no clue what God is planning for you to use your faith for. Why? Because it's his faith. It's on loan to you to help you live a better life. But he is the one. That shed his blood so that we could believe. So his faith is already on his word. It is spoken in faith all the time. When God spit out the word of God to everybody that wrote it down. There was faith on that word to bring it to pass. That's why when you read it. It seems to come alive to you. Uh A living word follows you. Whether you follow it or not. Anybody ever, when you were in school, they made you uh, memorize poems? You had to sit and think about that and say, oh, I messed up on me. Huh? To be or not to be. What's the rest of that little thing with that? You understand, you force it into your memory. The word of God is not a force in your memory thing. 
If that's what you're doing with it, back up because that ain't how it works. You know, it's a living word. Why do you think you pray the word toward people who don't know nothing about God, could not care about God? Because that word's alive. That's different than you giving somebody some advice and they can choose to, to do it or not or believe it or not. When you release the word of God into somebody's situation, that word is alive and it begins to go into their life and accomplish what God wants it to accomplish. It's not like, you know, just talking to somebody where they can receive it or not, believe it or not, accept it or not. It's different. It's different. That's why when we started this ministry, God told us, he says, I want you to pray the word and the word only. He said, I don't want you operating for nobody's visions and dreams and opinions. And and that was so early when we started, I didn't even know most of what he was talking about. But I grew to know, I was so glad he made that a standard before we got started. Because you have people come in and God showed me so. He showed me 66 books long before you got here. And it's already taken care of. You understand me? You got to stay with what God gives you. I get somebody come in and want to know something. You want to hijack what God's doing. You know, and don't play that cheap. Don't think, well, who she thinks she is? People come in here wanting, this ain't all that. Oh, yeah, it is. Because if we're praying God's word, it is all that. Because have you seen what people call prayer out here? Uh-huh. Anybody who can hold on to the word of God, that's all that. Because it's going to happen. Trust me. It will happen. His faith is already on his word. It's always spoken in faith. That's why you can you can believe it when you read it because his faith is on it. You don't have to believe Shakespeare. You can like him, but you don't put your faith in him. Huh? None of this stuff. Proverbs 4 verse 20 tells us to pay attention to the word. Pay attention to the word. And only the word. Mm -hmm. Now that's going to be tested. Your attention will be tested. Can the enemy come in and distract you from having your focus on the word of God? It's good to make plans to spend time with God. But ask him to help you keep that appointment. Because if you don't, every devil in hell will realize, oh, she says she's getting up at five. Right. I give her a stomach ache at three. Ring her out for about an hour and then she's so eager to get some sleep. No, she ain't going to get up at five today. They got something for her. Got me? So ask God to help you with these things. Sometimes we want to do all these wonderful things and we're in works and don't know it. 
So if God wants you up at a certain hour, he will help you get up at a certain hour. Amen. He knows how to, he knows you. He knows what help you need. We all need it. But he says to pay attention to the words. Amen. To the word. Let me read it. Proverbs 4, 20. It says, my son. So that's somebody, it's a covenant term. Amen. <clears throat> my son, attend to my words. Give attention to them. Incline your ear to my sayings. So that's twice he's talked about listening. Amen. And he says, don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. So there's two witnesses for the word. Now I can tell you, I got that the uh, Bible app too. And I listened to my little English man, you know. Huh? Genesis chapter one. Huh? And I go. Huh? He couldn't be saved. Because his voice would keep me awake if he was. He'd give me some help. He'd help a sister out a little more. But see, that's cheating. Because it says keep it before your eyes. So if you just listen and don't ever read, don't ever put it before your eyes. Amen. You just, just say, I got to pay attention to these. Because see, these are the things the enemy plants in our lives to distract us from giving our full attention to the word of God. It helps to read stuff, folks. Now, we ain't illiterate people. All of us that had a little schooling, you know how to read that Bible. Huh? Except for Reverend Booth, he don't know how to read <laughs> Reverend Booth. But it's eyes and ears. You need two witnesses for anything God is doing. So let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those that find them. Health or medicine to all your flesh. Then he tells you to keep your heart with all diligence. In other words, stay forgiving. Stay loving. Stay out of trouble. Don't let anything come between you and God. Any habits you think you like more than God. Any person you think you like more than God. Don't let that stuff get in there and interfere. But keep everything tight the way it's supposed to be. And then you get life and health out of the word of God. It will always produce healing for you. It will always produce life for you, which means that things that you want to see happen will happen. When when something is dead, there's no activity there that that can help your life. So the word of God, when it's sent into a situation like there, quickens it or brings it, brings it alive to help you to line up with what you want. See, you can, you know, you can, you need a car. There's tons of them out there at the dealership. But do you have the one that you want? Has it been quick? See, it's got to be brought to life for it to come into your possession. So it comes into life with the word of God. It's not going to happen until you start putting God's word on it. But when that happens, everything's animated all of a sudden. See, the, the car, you want to go by and look at it. You talk to the salesperson. You do these things and those things. It starts, the word of God will put it to motion and bring life to it. It's just a picture before you get the word of God involved in it. 
But once that happens, it's quickened, it's animated, and it begins its march toward your life. It's on its way. If you believe God and you thank God for it continually, it's on its way. That's what keeps it moving toward you, is you showing faith in it. So the word is not dead letter. What makes it come alive is that it's believed. It must be believed before it can come to life for you. Our faith did not make it come alive. Our faith only affirmed the life that's already in the word. No more than than Shakespeare can come to life to you just because you start speaking it. He did. And all the people he write about is fictitious. So none of that will move into your life. I don't care how much you fantasize about things. I don't care how much you want things. But what must happen is your faith must link up with God's word that is already alive because it's got his faith on it. So your faith, you mixing your faith with his word allows it to come into your life. You mixing your faith with his word on behalf of somebody else allows it to come into their life. Because that word can be directed anywhere it needs to be directed. That's why we, when we pray for people, I always say, what's their name? You know, you got to make it as personal as you can. Huh? When people come up and say, well, just pray a prayer. God knows my need. I don't. bring shame to the altar of God what's wrong with you I don't play the shame game ain't no shame in this huh I pray the word God might give me a word of knowledge for you based on my my understanding of your need you know help a sister out who you think I am you can see it all over them they Ashamed they got problems. Ashamed they sitting in your meeting. Ashamed they got to come up to the altar. I'm thinking, well, when are we going to lose this? When is the holiness and the faith in God? Faith works by love. It don't work by shame. You know, people are ignorant. They got some crazy ideas about their religious Now you go ask me to pray for you and you don't trust me. Does that make sense? And don't trust God either. Oh, God knows. Yeah, you know a lot of stuff. There are a lot of things we believe that won't happen. But they're not connected to God's word. What God says will come to pass. His word and only his word. You might believe in in uh, global warming, but that don't make it real. Believe in evolution, but that don't make it real either. You believe in a lot of things. People, you know, and there's some, some closet crazy people around here. You know, people believe all kinds... People were very shocked, and I haven't heard anybody else say anything that Seth Curry, every all the... 
people, basketball guy they worship? He sat up and told him, he said, man's never been to the moon. That was fake. And said it with a straight face. Cameras got dark. They were sorry they put the camera on that nut. And he played basketball, college basketball, got a degree. And is making millions of dollars. And he thinks the moon landing is not real. I had a neighbor like that. You know, I had a neighbor that when I was just in conversation one time. And he said, them people didn't go to the moon. All that's fake. I said, okay. I moonwalked on out of there. (laughs) He was a nice little guy, too. You know, he helped me out a lot. I loved him and all that. But, you know, the relationship took a drastic turn from that point on. Why? You want to be around faith people. You don't want to be around people that can be talked into. You know what I'm saying? We have to get over man's ideas and putting faith in man's ideas. The world is not man's faith in an idea. I mean, the word is not man's faith in an idea, but it's God's faith in himself. So God has faith in himself to bring his word to pass. When we put faith in the word of God, we put faith in God to bring his word to pass. That's why it, it's good to have a relationship with God. The more you get to know him, the more you're assured of his good intention toward you. Because just left in, in your own mind, you'll wonder. I wonder if he'll bless me even though I said so-and-so or I did this or I didn't do this or I you understand doubts all the time. But see, once God's word is believed, it's up to you to continue to believe like you did when you first prayed. And see, all of this later later doubt that shows up, all this little, that's after the fact. See, that has nothing to do with the word that, see, what it is, is the enemy is trying to talk you out of continuing to believe God's word. And he does it based on God's word or his little limited knowledge of it. Well, you know, the word says, thou shalt not steal and thou shalt not kill. And look at you, devil, you have done all them things. You ought to know. You're the master of it. But I thank God my sins are forgiven. Huh? Yeah, you plead the blood. That's what you do. And reestablish your righteousness. You know, God looked down and said, now why did you quit believing me based on some little nonsense like that? Why would you stop? You could have had all of these things if you didn't let the devil talk you out of believing me. So you got to continue to believe God. Can't just believe him one time and then go off and start talking raggedy and crazy. You have to continue to believe him every day. Romans 12.3. See what that says. Stay with the word. You don't need anything else.
God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So everybody is able to believe God for big things. Amen. You know, somebody was circulating a story about this little boy that they say he beat cancer. Would you read that story? That little boy ain't beat nothing. He knows God did it. You understand? See, they kids can have a knowledge of God based on his word far beyond what we think they're capable of understanding. Why? Because he's dealt to everybody the measure of faith. That kid can believe God just like an adult can. So we have faith given to us by God to direct our lives. Everything we do is by faith, either in the seen or the unseen, which is by promise. So the promise that God has given you is locked up in the unseen realm. Quit looking for signs in the natural that God is going to do something. Hmm? Blessed is he who has believed and not seen. See, that's the New Testament standard. Now, people can can think they got a sign from God. Oh, this has got to be God because this happened and that happened and the other happened. But that's not faith in God. It's faith in the natural. You have to be careful when you're believing God for things that you don't drop that unseen when the scene starts talking to you. Because hmm? the scene can come along and tell you what you're believing is imminent. And then when it don't happen right away, you want to drop God. You're mad at God because you, I thought for sure it was going to happen. I, I, you know, I asked God to show me this, that, and the other. Oh, really? Well, that's mistake number one right there. He showed you already in his word. Why he got to show you something so showing up in the natural? Why take it out of the place where it's secure and sure and put it over into a realm where it's subject to change? The things of the natural realm are subject to change. They're temporal, which means they're temporary. All this is going, this ain't going to be here. You understand what I'm saying? And so why would you transfer faith in God? And see, this is the trick of the devil to people who who consider themselves to be mature. You understand it? And there's nothing wrong with that. But you, when you consider yourself to be mature, you got to understand your warfare is going to be on a different level. People tell you things like um, you'll pray and ask God for a promotion on your job. And they'll start taking applications and you get your first interview and you're still believing God, still thanking God for it. But in the first interview, they tell you, well, um, we're not we're not hiring people just yet. And you go out of there deflated. You quit expecting it to happen because when you went in there, you expected a job to be offered to you at some point. And then now somebody who don't know as much about anything as you do is going to tell you once you have trusted God that it's not going to happen just yet. Now you got a decision to make. Do you drop your faith in the invisible? Because as yet, that job ain't that job wasn't there when you went in there. 
It wasn't there when you first started praying for it. It has never been there. What's going to make it get there? The fact that she told you it wouldn't happen just yet. Well, when is yet? Tell me when it's going to happen. She can't tell you when. Oh, no, thanks. I'm going to keep believing God. Because when I came in here, I believed it was imminent. I believed it was going to happen soon. And I'm still going to believe it's going to happen soon. I'm taking my faith and putting it back in the invisible realm where it belongs. And see, time and again, we take our faith out of the invisible. See, this is the big challenge for believers, mature believers, like yourself and myself. Make us all feel a little better. Say no rookie move. This is somebody who really is attempting to put faith in the invisible realm. Don't move it out of one Quit moving furniture out of your spiritual house into a natural house. Quit shifting things around. You got faith in God. He's over invisible. Leave it over there. No matter what anybody. And see, people will say things or they'll say something like this. Um, we're hiring, uh, but we're hiring in two weeks. We'll be calling you. Two weeks go by, you get no call. Three weeks, no call. Four weeks, no call. Your faith goes, mm, 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 mm. see that I'm going to call you, took your faith out of God, put it over in the visible realm where man has control over it. And God is watching you to see if you're going to still believe him. He could care less what you believe in for. Have faith in God. What does he tell us? You can have what you say. God, I want my job this week. I want it ASAP, and I'm not going to take no for an answer off these people. I'm not going to go on man's schedule. I'm going to keep my faith in God because I got this money spent already, God, and I can show you the receipts for it, which is true anyway. Y'all try to act like you waiting on a promotion to spend money. You already up there like you making it already. Most people are. That's how we live. So why would you take your faith out of God and put it on man's timetable? Same thing with healing. That's why God never put your healing on a I'll do it here. It's already done. By his stripes you were healed. Well, why don't you go there? Don't you pull it out of the spirit realm and pull it down into the natural. Natural man will kill you. Because he's supposed to be dead already instead of interfering with your business with God. Always dipping and dabbling into God's business. Faith works to bring our hopes and desires to us. We have all had experience with natural things because they are temporary. They're subject to change. That's why failure and fear of failure are so common when you deal with things in the temporal realm. In the temporal realm, everything's limited. You know, uh, 15 people applying for one job. So jobs are limited. Every Everything's got some lack attached to it when you deal with it in the natural realm. 
The only place you can have abundance is in God's kingdom. You can believe for anything to happen if you keep your faith in God. But see, the devil wants us to wants to get us to get distracted by what's going on in the natural. Oh, it's going to happen here, and this is happening there. And mm-mm. you keep putting your faith in God. The more He pulls at you to distract you and pull you into the natural. The more you need to get into the word. God help me to hold on to you in this. I don't care what people say is going to happen. Brother Hagen, when he was younger, you know, God had healed him. Uh, he, he was dying. He was born dead. You understand what I'm saying? Was slowly dying all of his life. Couldn't get any help. God showed him how to use his faith and God healed him. And so many times he would be challenged in the natural realm with different things. And he said he was working at some plant or something. And they kept saying that it was going to close. And he kept saying, no, it's not going to close in Jesus' name. And he said he kept that plant open with his faith. He said he was the last one to leave that plant when it really did close. He said they gave me the keys and told me to lock up and turn the lights out. Because <laughs> he wasn't moved by why do you think God said incline your ear to my word? Don't be listening to what natural people tell you. Put your faith in the natural and take it out of me. Keep your faith in God. Keep yourself invested in him. When we were redeemed, we put our faith in God by believing and being led by his word. So we operate, <clears throat> the, the way that we operate is outside of and superior to the dictates of this natural realm. So you operate in a realm that is superior to what's going on down here in the natural. So why would you be affected by it? Everybody wants to hear some good news. Oh, we like encouraging news. It may sound good, but if it takes your faith out of God, it's not what you need to put your confidence in. You know, you need to, you need to hear encouraging words in God. Like right now, I've got, got to buy a car. I got to figure out what kind of car I want. It's, it's, it's trouble I don't need. You know, I was happy with my little, I don't care how old it gets as long as it's running. And it's not because of, I'm so in love with the car, but, but it's another thing added to my life I have to deal with. <laughs> like I'm really dealing with world, world shattering issues. It's just minutia. I can't. Waste my time with these little vehicle issues. So uh, now I've got to go back to the drawing board square one. What kind of car you want? What do you want it to look like? Yada, 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 yada. So I I saw somebody. I ran into somebody talking to them online. (laughs) That's not always a bad thing. but And they, they had mentioned on their post that they were a car dealer now. And I said, oh, God, this may be my way to get out of making some decisions. So I decided, well, God, why don't we roll with this? As far as it's going to roll. Amen. Now, this guy goes to auctions. He can get anything he wanted, any price. And I thought, hmm, this frees me up from the dealer markup and all the other little things they want to do. So I'm looking for money now, you know, and there's. 
nice thing is there's lots of money around that you can have for interest free for a certain, you understand what I'm saying? Now, if I just went in a natural home, <laughs> I'm going to get a car, let me go find You understand what, you see the difference. If you keep it in the realm of the spirit, God will bring to you what you desire. It'll be a blessing. Now, I don't know if this is going to work out or not. Next two weeks, it might be a totally different story, but I'm praying it isn't. Because this seems to get me off the hook from having to do a lot of distasteful things I don't want, really don't want to, I don't want to be bothered with that. You know? So we'll see. But my challenge will be to keep it over in the realm of the spirit and not get distracted by natural. So-and-so's having a blowout sale over here. You know, somebody's got the XYZ plan, you know. Somebody composes my uncle, and I'm older than they are. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uncle Buzz. You know, three times your age, you know. But but we working on it. But I'm believing God that it will be done totally supernaturally. It'll be at the price I declared that I want to pay. And I will be able to do it interest-free because I'm using somebody else's money for the amount of time I want to use it. You got me? And so if I keep it in the realm of the spirit, don't pull out of the realm of the spirit. Now, there are going to be distractions and problems that will come. Time. I can't get pressed about time. I have a bunch of vehicles in my yard. (laughs) Not all of them work, but, you know, we're working on it. But I know I'll be able to get from point A to point B. Unless the devil starts really messing with me. But the pressure needs to be eliminated if you're going to do things totally in the invisible realm. If you're going to do things by faith, you have to eliminate things that would normally worry you or put pressure on you so that you're not moved by that. You got me? See, I decided, God, whatever color, you know the color, I don't care. You know the year, I don't care. I got a price range in mind, you got me? And and put it, don't get yourself tied up in a picture sticking on your refrigerator. And and then you can't match the, match the picture somehow. You know, I know what cars look like, that's fine with me. And so, you understand what I'm saying? It's just, God, whatever you bring is cool. We're partners in this, and I'm going to be all right with it. You got me? Amen. Praise God. So you keep things in the realm of the spirit by fighting the distraction of the natural. Anything that tries to confirm it in the natural is a distraction, folks. Because you already seal the deal with God. You have it already on the inside of you. So why should you need something to come along and tell you what it is that you have? You got it already. You don't need some people to come and say, well, I got to, I'm friends with a dealer and they do this for you. No, uh-uh, I think I'm on the right road here, you know, and, and we'll ride this out. You have to be willing to ride your decisions out when you decide in God. Amen. The devil wants to keep us frustrated and defeated. We have to break out of the earthly, worldly realm and move into the kingdom of God and put our total confidence in him and his word and his ways be honest with God when you start to waver and you're not sure you need to go back to him and talk to him about it and God I'm is this 
is this going to change? Do you need to make a change in this, in the way I'm believing and in, in what I've decided here? And if so, let me know what the change is. His word is the most powerful force on the earth. The most powerful. God has such confidence in his word and himself that he makes extremely great and precious promises to very weak human beings. That should let, that should be a tip off right there that there's very little you got to do except be cool. Quit listening to the devil. Quit getting excited about, you know, every little thing that happens. Quit wanting to quit every five minutes because something didn't show up yet. It's good to live by faith. It's good to not see stuff for a while. The more you see, the more you got to manage. Huh? You got to take care of stuff. And so we feel like we've accomplished something great because it came to pass. But once you get it in your possession, you got to take care of it. So now you got to believe God for a whole different level of understanding how he does things. So it's very, very important that we allow it to stay in the invisible realm until God reveals it to us and it becomes visible. Amen. His word in us is Christ moving in human flesh. This word compels us to obey it. Now, you can get angry and discouraged, but the word will continue to work in you. That promise is still in there, waiting for you to breathe life on it again, acknowledge it again, make it come to life in your situation again. It's still there working. His word cannot go back to him and say, I couldn't do it. Which means that his word is not depending on you to do anything except let it happen. Hey, you believe and you let it happen. Don't fight the things of God. You know, sometimes the things that build our faith have nothing to do with what we're expecting God to do for us. But they have everything to do with living in his kingdom and growing in understanding and trust in him. Now, sometimes you want to ask so bad, God, when is it going to be? When, 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 when? And you say, no, I'm not going to do that. No better than that. Huh? I'm going to stick with what's, but I sure would like to see, <laughs> I sure would like to see something. Oh, you don't see nothing. You're more blessed if you can believe without seeing than having to see everything. We're not Gideon where you got to fleece God all the time. You know, he was ignorant. He had a reason for the way he was acting. We don't. Huh? He was living in a backslidden nation of Israel and they hadn't read that they hadn't busted out the scriptures in, in decades. So he was ignorant of God, ignorant of his word. We not, we are not like that folks. We have the Holy Spirit. We can do this. You can live a life of faith and expecting good from God every single day. And knowing that he's going to bring it to you and your little bad habit that you still have did not stop it. Your little lack of confidence in, in, in cheating on your, your tithe. Well, I'm going to tithe the whole 10% this time. Huh? You keep a dollar for you. Hmm? Carrying charge. <laughs> right. You understand what I'm saying? I'm going to do it right this time, God. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, show me. 
Come show me time and there you go again. You see what I'm saying? So he didn't say that his, his bringing your promise to pass depended upon you bad habits not getting eradicated. You know, it's like people, Christians who believe, uh, you know, it's my, my horrible eating got me sick like this. Well, if you believe that, my goodness. Everybody eats, do you know anybody who eats the right stuff? And even the health food people don't know what's good for people. They just guessing and taking your money right in, you know, with it. Cause we crazy enough to believe that we doing something wrong all the time. Everybody's condemned all the time and we accepted Jesus. Our sins are forgiven, but we eating wrong and that's holding up the whole thing in our lives, you know? His ways are higher. His thoughts are so much higher. God, you mean it's okay to abuse my body? I didn't say that, and I didn't say you was abusing it. Just do the best you can. Live close to God. Love him with everything, and I'm telling you, he will return that love to you. He'll give you love if you don't love him. You understand what I'm saying? He is so merciful. So merciful. But I'm telling you, you hold on to that word. That word is happening. It is happening in your life, in the unseen realm. That's going to be our test. Can we believe without seeing and continue to believe even though we don't see and believe that he's going to do it anyway? Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for what you have done by giving us your word and giving us understanding. We know the unseen is powerful. Anybody can believe what they see. But it takes a covenant man and a covenant woman to believe just based on your word. And that's what you love. We take you at your word, God. If we can believe we're saved, we can believe anything. If we can believe we're on our way to heaven, we can believe we're healed. If we can believe we're healed, we can believe we're delivered. And if we can believe that you are Lord of all, we can believe that you'll prosper us and grow us. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. And praise God. If you need prayer, come on up. I'll pray for you.